being with Michael, I would ask him, so, so why do you love me? You know, whenever mm -hmm. we're dating. And he told me, I love you because I choose to. Mm. Oh, boy, that right there. Hold on. Y'all got to understand what that was. Man, when I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Y'all talk. Because I, I understand when a man says that. Go ahead. And I thought, what do you mean? Yeah, you you love me it. because you choose... Is it that hard to love me? Got offended. Am I that hard to love? Got offended. All of the older people were just shouting his praise. He's yes. like, you get it. You get it. You get it. I was like, what? And, <laughs> but it was all the older folks that were still married. There it is. Mm -hmm. They yeah. got it. Yeah. So... um. But I, so I didn't necessarily liked it, yeah. like it then, but I did like it when I wasn't so lovable. Mm. God, dog, this is good. <laughs> I did like <sighs> it when I get pregnant and I gain 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did like it when I chopped off all my hair. The, the pixie cut looked great, but when I started growing it back out, it didn't. That in between. That in between. That and in you between just, stage. there's right no way between. around. You just got to rough it out. And he loved me. Right? He chose um, to love me. And you. he chose to love me. Teach. Um, and I really appreciated it when, you know what? There are times where I was a little too harsh or I was popping off a little bit. And you didn't revoke your love for me because I didn't meet your standard. Teach. Right? Mm -hmm. You still loved me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I get it. I, I like this kind of love because yes. this kind of love is not revocable. This kind of love is constant. <sighs> it's not dependent Ooh. on how great I am, but it's de dependent on your decision and your commitment to me. We put porn to shame. <laughs> the womb isn't just about where I give Talk birth to about babies. It. Talk. The womb is about where we give birth to purpose. Talk. I was basically all of her nevers. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. You have set a standard in love. I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. Wow, yeah. this woman is a ride or die. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. I had 19 attorneys at one time that were speaking into my ear. 19, 19 attorneys. Attorney. My, my, my last relationship, you know, it did a number on me. What you did not know is I had a whole little situation lined up that evening. Your transparency is literally setting people free. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You're going to cry. <laughs> um, thank you. I received that. Let one of them Barbie doll bodies walk over here. He's going to say, dear future wifey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to go right in that box. I'm LaTerrace R. Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, LaTerrace R. Whitfield. Listen, before we get started, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on, can we get a commitment and hit that subscription button? Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. Whew, season five has been absolutely amazing. I know last week's episode, I know that that was a pretty, pretty deep episode. And um, I've been reading a lot of the comments and I know it really spoke to a lot of y'all. So um, thank y'all for just rocking with me on this journey. Uh, today's episode is going to be pretty amazing. Um, I'll tell y'all how I met this dynamic couple. Uh, but without further ado, put your hands together for my new homies, Michael and Amanda Pittman. How y'all doing? Hey, thank you so much doing? for having us. <laughs> so, so um, Michael, how did we meet? So, we had some friends over. We've had some friends that have been on your podcast. So, Kaylin and Kyra yep. um, were actually over our house for Easter because 
their kids and our kids, we did an Easter egg hunt, and they had mentioned the Future Wifey podcast being on with you. And it had maybe been some time. Like yeah. I don't know if it was like really recent, but it, it, it was, was on last year. Yeah, okay. So it was yeah. on last year. So but it wasn't like the week before. Right. And so, anyways, um, I was at a place in Dallas called Maker's Gym, which is a co-working space. Right. And whenever I was at Maker's Gym, I was filming in this studio with a guy uh for something for my business. And then I leave out to take a phone call. <laughs> And you and a group of people. Yeah, we're taking them on a tour. Just, I'm, a, I'm a member there, and we just they they took us into your your private reserve space. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is? I was like, they just walked into my space, you know. <laughs> but it was cool, you know. I mean, I, I, I it looked like y'all were doing something, and so I just walked back in, like, hey guys, and I was getting my stuff ready to pack up because we had just finished up, right? And I hear you mention. To them, yeah, sometimes this is where I do my future wifey podcast. Yeah. And I told them, I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you just say you do the future wifey podcast? You're like, yeah. And I was like, I literally just had friends, yep. Kayla and Kyra. It was like the same yeah, week. Yeah, it was the same week. It was the same week. Yep. I was like, I literally just had friends that were telling me about your podcast and that we should connect with you and whatever and um it was just crazy that it was the same week especially same because week. i've only filmed in that area i've had a membership for months but i've only filmed in that area twice and so it wasn't like oh i'm here all the time right, it was like right. a very serendipitous moment a divine connection a divine so. connection and we had carrington <laughs> and and ashley yes. they've been on here shout out to the browns we love y'all and who else did you who else did you know that was on the podcast it tim was, and juliet yeah ross. tim and juliet ross so we all just y'all. we all just rocking together uh and then he started telling me about his wife he's like she got you know she she got this this little ministry that she do or whatever and i was like what yeah. is he's like she got a few you know tens of thousands of people as a part of it and i went and looked it up on instagram i was like look at him you know, I said she got this dynamic ministry that she that she has that's that's um, touching the hearts and the minds of women, and I said that's so dope. And I said I love when I see kingdom couples, and so I would definitely love to have you on the podcast. And then your publishers reached out to me, and I was like, oh, y'all had met them a couple of months prior, and thank you for the reminder because I definitely want them on. So this was a, a divine assignment. Today's episode is going to be titled "Confidence in Love." Confidence and love. I was reading something about uh, in your bio, Amanda. Uh, you've been very transparent about um, the insecurities that you mm -hmm. struggle with. Um, how long did you struggle with this insecurity? Was it something that started as a child? Was this from your first dating experience? Mm -hmm. or, or how long were you uh, dealing with insecurity? So I had been dealing with insecurity a lot throughout my life, but I would say it really boiled over high school going into college. Um, and I was looking back at my old Facebook statuses and I scrolled back to one that was over a, de uh, over a decade ago. And it said, I feel like my insecurities get in the way of everything in mm. my life. And when I saw that, it shook me to my core because I was reading it over a decade later, leading a ministry called Confident Woman Co. And so for me, it was just this incredible thing to see where I was from, from where I am now, where God had taken me. And so, uh, this insecurity 
definitely kept me in relationships that I shouldn't have entertained. Um, it kept me away from opportunities I should have explored. So it, 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 it crippled me in a lot of, a lot of areas in my life. And, um, at the core of it, it was based on a lie that love is transactional and that my worth is tied to my performance. And so I had to really renew that and find that, find the truth in Christ in order for me um, to have a confidence that was unshakable. But what does that look like? What does that look like when you say missed opportunities, opportunities and doors that you should have walked through, but you, what, what told you or what did you feel that prevented you from walking through those doors? Unworthiness, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of, you know what, that that's for people like them, not for people like me. Um, and I, your exposure and your environment will shape what you believe about yourself and what you believe you deserve. And so, because I had only seen certain things and been surrounded by certain things, um, I thought that that's all I would ever be. And so I got a lot, I, I based a lot of my worth based on those around me. And I think a lot of women do that. They'll, they'll, they're, they will garner their sense of worth and validation from their relationships, right. from their friendships, from um, the romantic relationships. And I, I see that a lot with, with women. They find uh, their worth and value in their relationship status. I, I know for a long time I did. Um, and so because of these beliefs about who I was, I wouldn't pursue opportunities I thought were too big for me or, you know, I, for some period in my life, I, I even struggled with the fear of success mm. because I thought to myself, hey, if I if I succeed and if I go really far, then I'm going to lose my friends. Mm. I'm going to lose love. And I had seen it in my life before. That's You've the thing. It. That's the thing. Yeah. You've seen it in your own life. You've yes. seen somebody else doing it. I've seen it in my own life. What happened? You got to tell me what that yes. What happened where you found. Go ahead. So I have been in it, it had taken me a while to realize that. I had certain relationships that uh, were jealous in nature, competitive in nature. And because I... I would say I'm a pretty competitive person when it comes to like games and things like that. Taboo. Like I, I'm ruthless. Okay, like I'm, I'm going for it all. But whenever she be going it, hard and taboo, Mike. Oh, we do. We, we do. Yo, we do. No one can touch us. No taboo. one can touch us. I am. Taboo. I am very convinced of that. We have probably how long we've we been together now? Almost ten years. Ten years of history. Mopping people in tablets. Yes, yes. We still need to practice a little bit in spades. There are yeah. some games we need practicing, but we, we make a mean team. We make a mean team. Team Pittman. We tight. There it is. Yes. There it is. So I mean, I'm competitive with things like that, but when it when it comes to life. I'm more of a, you know what, this path is my path, that path is your path. I don't think that way um, whenever it comes to life. Um, And whenever I see others who are doing better than me, I'm more inspired than intimidated, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But what I found was I, I had lost a lot of relationships in many different times in my life due to that. And it, it took me experiencing it multiple times until I was honest with myself and said, yes, that's, that, that can happen. Um, but that's only with a certain quality of relationship. Mm. Unpack that. Unpack that. Tell me what that means. Amanda, because you can't just say something. Y'all tell me what that means. A certain quality of person is not going to be intimidated by your success. Like my husband, 
he's not intimidated by my success. One, because he's a very successful man. <laughs> yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike over there balling. Y'all don't know. Mike be balling over there. God's been, God's been good. <laughs> God's been good. God's been good. That's what people say when they be balling. You know, you know God, is, God is good. God is good. Michael would be bomb with, with or without me. But he is not intimidated by my success. And it's the same with the relationships that I have right now, the female friendships that I have. Yeah. They're the type of women who will cheer me on yeah. no matter what. They they do not see it as competition. Ha- it, they don't see it that no. way. And I don't see it that way, yeah. you know? But when you grow as a person and you have a deeper connection with the Lord, it also determines your standards for the type of connection exactly. that you choose. And that, w- that makes you more confident, right? So, so how did y'all meet? Yeah, so we went to school at SMU, which is a private school in Dallas, Texas. It's a very expensive school. It's the Ivy League school of the... (laughs) So it is very expensive. It is worth mentioning that my parents growing up were school teachers. Oh, there it is. So um, it was scholarships and student loans that there got, me, got same. me through. Yeah. So it's a music was, scholarship. Yeah, okay, for, sure. for sure. So, and so I had a, I was getting a bachelor's degree in engineering. Amanda was getting a bachelor's degree in music education. And our paths never crossed, but we just so happened at a liberal arts university like SMU, you have to take some um, elective classes. Yeah, We just so happened to sign up for that same Art of Acting, 8 a.m. <laughs> class. Yeah. And um, I went downstairs, first day of class, sophomore year of college. And um, I was tired because it was 8 a.m. And we were going around saying names. And I heard someone say, I'm Amanda. I'm blah, blah, blah from Fort Worth. And I looked, I was like, where's that beautiful voice coming from? <laughs> and I said, oh, <laughs> my God. My God it today. Is, <laughs> my Lord today. <laughs> it is coming from that beautiful woman right there. And so we um, became friends in class, started dating in January of 2013, engaged December of 2013, married June 2014 in college. Yeah. So oh, y'all got married in college. We got married I was in 20. college, and I was 21. Yeah. And really? Yeah. yeah. What did your parents say about that? My parents were shocked. <laughs> were they supportive? They were shocked. Okay, so you you have to tell the story of how that went down. Yeah. So um, for my parents, I'll start with mine. Okay. So with my parents, it was totally chill for a couple of reasons. The first off, the first reason being because I was not a serial dater. It had been years since I had been in a serious relationship. Well, you're 21 years I, old. Right, that, that's, what, that's where the air quotes came from, right? But, you know, you got high school sweethearts and stuff like that. Like, People prof- have uh, an entire dating history by the time you get to college. For exactly. sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. We were talking about Kelly and Kyra earlier, yeah, you know? Yeah, they so, got married. I mean, yeah. So it was like, okay, well, for them, whenever I started dating Amanda, they knew it was serious. When Amanda and I started dating, she knew it was serious because before we started dating, I said, the next person I date will be my wife. You told her that? Or you yes. told yourself that? No, no I she, told her He that. told me that. Before we were so, dating? Oh, know. okay. Yeah, so whenever So when we, y'all was friends, he said that. Yeah, and so whenever we got together, I was like, I guess I'm his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, my parents actually got married and they were... 
one and twenty two. Oh, well, no wonder then. This and is... they've been married for I don't know twenty eight years. Or I, I they've yeah. been married, and so for for that entire time. So for me, I I just loved my parents growing up. I loved their relationship. I loved their marriage. I loved the fact that I was ten years old because um, they had me at. 20. So I love the fact that I was 10 years old like 30. and my dad was 30 and we were hooping with one another. You know, like yeah. I just love the idea of being able to grow up with one another yeah. because mm-hmm. I think that whenever you get married earlier, you have an opportunity to grow up with one yep. another grow up yep. um, and grow up together, which has its pros and cons yep. versus getting married when you're later on probably more established but also more set in your ways and so for my parents they knew it was serious and it wasn't weird because people in my family get married yeah. young and we have young um like my my grandparents my my grandparents are 40 years older than me so uh one is 36 years older than me so it just for my family wasn't weird her family though <laughs> Have a great relationship with her family. Yes. Had a great relationship even while we were dating. Mm -hmm. Um, The best relationship they've ever had with anyone I've ever been with. So Yeah. And to this day, great relationship. Um, But I think that they were concerned about the whole, like, being in college piece. Yeah. And, And you also left out the part that you, like, asked for my hand in marriage. Without talking to them first? No, no, no. Oh. No. I definitely did. No. You should, you should talk okay, about so that. I did ask for her hand in marriage. I asked her dad. Um, he went we to Fort Worth. Went to Fort Worth where they were living. Asked her dad. I'm like traditional old school, mm-hmm. you know? So I wanted to make sure that there was no type of weird dynamic with that. I wanted to ask permission. Mm-hmm. And um, what I kind of sold him on was the idea that even though we were getting married in college, I was an RA. And I had a really good chance of being an RA again. And that covers room and board. <laughs> so yeah. their daughter would have a place to sleep <laughs> and food to eat all the time. You know? <laughs> and, so, um, and so he gave me his blessing. I told him that I wanted to marry her and that I wanted to propose. I wasn't exactly clear about when about when uh-huh. Uh-huh. so i asked for her hand in marriage at lunchtime and we were engaged by dinner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so i think that it kind of just took them back yeah. by surprise they were shocked i was like hey before y'all change your mind you know what i mean um, right. <laughs> yeah it took them a couple of weeks to adjust. It did. but then my mom got really into wedding planning with me and it just <laughs> We just forgot about it, and, you know, now we're a big happy family. And y'all got yeah. married. Y'all were in college. Yes. And so you were in your, what, sophomore year? We met our sophomore year. So y'all y'all, y'all were in the same uh, level, so y'all both juniors when y'all was engaged? Yeah. So I did a – I was in the engineering program, so I, I had a – it was a five-year program. Okay. And she was in a music ed program, which was a four-year program. So when we got married, she had her senior year, and I was in my fourth year. Um, so we'd be walking each other to class, all married and stuff. Um, yeah. I know. Um, and so that was that was when we got married. And then she graduated. Here was here was the move. This was glorious. She graduated, right? She gets a job as a teacher, making like fifty thousand a year. Mm-hmm. 
I'm still in college. In college, <laughs> I'm still an RA. Uh, yeah, with free room and board. So we were just y'all stacking. Was balling, y'all balling we out were control. stacking her salary. <laughs> I was making money on the side, selling insurance and playing keys at church. Like we was, we y'all was, was great. It was great. It was great. We was we was straight. We we were really straight. Yeah. It was and, and so when you look at um um she talks about the insecurity that she had and whatever you had before the marriage you naturally sometimes if it's not impact and healed you bring it into the marriage and even if you've been healed from it or think you heal that thing will be tested in the marriage and the relationship. Yeah. Did you ever feel that insecurity in y'all's dating relationship, Mike? Um, no, I didn't feel insecurity. I think that what happened was I probably projected my pain and put certain expectations and standards on Amanda that made me feel worthy. So I guess that probably the answer to that is yes. Like there was a certain level of, I had gone through a tough break up um years before meeting amanda and whenever that happened i was looking for a trophy and so i was like i want you wearing heels you know we going to the gym i, I like your makeup like this i like your hair like that yeah. and it was just like he, he would have me like walk across campus in heels and it wasn't like this like really controlling thing it wasn't like controlling or domineering but he was honest about his like preferences <laughs> And I was that's like, okay, I'll do it. He's yeah, a great, that's way, a great way Because when someone hears that, they may think to themselves, like, oh, Michael is just this, like, domineering, like, put on these heels, girl. Like, it, it wasn't like that. But it, it was also, like, a perfect storm because I already came in with my insecurities. Yeah. And I wanted to be, like, this... You know, I, I saw Michael as, like, the best guy I had ever gotten. And so I'm like, I have to play this part perfectly. You know? And now you're a wife, too. You're about right. to merge into being a wife because he yeah. said, he was very intentional and said, you ain't just going to be a girlfriend. Right. You're going to be a whole wife out here in these streets. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> let me just get my act together. Because, you know, I, I thought I was, like, pretty wholesome. I don't know. But, like, whenever Michael and I first started dating, his mom was like, oh, everybody's going to stalk you on Facebook. Everybody's going to try and find out, like, who who this girl is. And I was like, what? Like, who is he? <laughs> I, well, he, she was like, well, they just, they know Mikey, you know? He doesn't date around, and he's always been serious and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay. Like, these, like, really high expectations. <laughs> yeah. And then I find out that someone says, oh, I thought... I thought that you would have been with a more wholesome woman. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Because, you know, like he grew up in a church that was like, you know. Pentecostal. Yeah, he was a Kojic. You know, he grew up in Kojic yeah. church. And so, like, they wear skirts down to their ankles and they don't do, like, a lot of makeup. Yeah. And, you know, at the time I had a nose ring and everything. So, like, I'm like, well, let me, let me, let me get really classy. You know what I mean? Let me get it all together. Um, and so I, I think I started to feel like I had to play that part. So sure. that's interesting. You, you uh, even at that young age, typically, someone will rebel against that but you said you want to fall in line most of the times they'll be like well forget it I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna even go even more out whatever you don't like it I don't care what made you d decide to be more um, catering to those ideologies you know I if I'm being completely honest I saw my parents' marriage 
And my mom was always the kind who's like, I'm just going to do what I want. I don't want to like wear a lot of makeup. I don't want to wear those clothes and all of that. And I saw that it didn't always work out well. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to be that way. Like I really want to please the man that I'm with. Like I, I just saw that cause tension, you know, um, And so I think that that was a big part of it. And I think that that also embedded a lie within me that like so much of your worth is tied to your image, Mm -hmm. you know, like the way that you present yourself, uh, the way that you're portrayed, the way that you look, all of that. Um, Because I I grew up, if I'm being, if I'm keeping it a stack, as Michael would say, (laughs) if I'm keeping it a stack, I grew up really ugly. I was, I was uh, obese as a kid. Like, really? did not take care of my hair. Like, uh, I mean, it just, my hair was just like this big frizzy mess. And I had like these glasses, a lot of hand-me-down clothes, kind of weird. And so it wasn't until I like really grew into myself and started taking care of myself. Around that what I started, age was that? Where, where, where's that shift? Uh, probably like 14, 15-ish. Um, and then, you know, into college, I feel like I kind of like more so grew into myself and all of that. And so I think that, I had. I'm gonna adjust this microphone because you you, yes. you want to keep okay. lean, you want to keep leaning over there to, to sure. old Mike. Well, go yes. ahead. You want to lean over there with your booze. Get over there to the because you want to you keep leaning over there and further and further. So we like each other. Yeah, in real life. yeah, y'all in like each other in real life. In so real life, ahead. we like each other in real life. <laughs> yeah, so I I think I had just held on to a lot of those inferiority complexes that yes. I had as a kid, like of not belonging. Guys never even looked my way. It would be a joke if somebody said that they wanted to date me. It's like, ha, psych, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And so that messes with you your head. You psych and be like, hey, you want to psych? Yes, yeah. right. And so, and so I wanted to fit the part and play the part because I didn't want to be rejected in that way. Do you still feel ugly? Depends on the day. <laughs> do, you, do, do you feel like an unattractive woman right now no. in your life? No, I don't. Well, good. I don't. I would just say, if we're keeping it a stack, <laughs> when that time of the month comes around, you just never know what you're going to get exactly. when it comes to but the emotions. Know, we, we, we but, <laughs> but generally, I, yeah. feel, I, feel, I feel good about my self-image. And what made you decide to start taking more, uh, paying more attention to your image? I would say that um, growing up, it wasn't necessarily a priority to my parents, and I don't, I don't charge them for that. It, they just did not put a lot of emphasis on yeah. appearance, um, and I saw that that did not benefit me at all. And I wanted to be one of the pretty girls, and I wanted to be noticed, and I wanted to be seen by guys, and I wanted attention, and. Um, I felt like I was invisible for such a long time. And then I noticed whenever I did take care of myself, one, I liked what I saw and I felt better about myself, but it also gave me a lot of validation. Um, People who would never pay attention to me suddenly are interested or talking to me, making friends with me. And so, um, yeah. And I think, for all of you out there who grew up ugly, you know how it is. <laughs> and then you and then you kind of glow up a little bit later in yeah. life, you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like that little part of you never goes away. You know, you always feel like 
I'm always going to have to continue to improve myself. And I also, I always have something to prove. Um, and so that's a lie that I have to continuously rebuttal in order to maintain my confidence in Christ rather than putting my confidence in my appearance or my image. So, um, Michael, you had talked about, um, and I don't want to just skate over it, uh, when men go through heartbreak. Um, and we go through heartbreak and we become a different version of ourselves when we get into the next relationship, mm-hmm. dealing with that heartbreak. And it's interesting because we're talking about something that happened, you know, as a teenager, uh, but it's still real. It's very real. What did you, did you make any, what vows did you make to yourself in that moment? Um, cause we make these vows. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to do blah, blah, blah. again. I'm going to make sure this, 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 what vows that you make to yourself during that heart after that heartbreak? Yeah. I think that what vows I made were, I'm going to show them. I'm going to win with success. I'm going to find me a baddie. Yep. And when it's like, I saw this, <laughs> I'm going to keep it a stack. So I, I heard this quote one time that was like, dress like you're going to uh, see your ex at Walmart. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would think of those moments. I would think of those moments. And it's like, when those moments, if that moment comes about, you best believe. I'm going to be fly. I'm going to be ready. ready. I'm going to be ready, you know? Um, and so That's I just real. think. I just think my, my, my dad is, like, a Division One basketball coach. Like, I grew up with a being the son of a coach. Yeah. And so it was just straight up, like, <laughs> I will have the last lap, and I will win, and it will feel great. And I will, you know, so I think that um, one of the things that I think, though, it, it did, though, is that it planted a seed of rejection. There it is. That I did not realize until way later. When we were like way married. When yeah. we was way married. Yes. yes. That was there. And it was just like, it's so interesting that you mentioned what you did about like, this happened when you were a teenager. Because there are times where I now, as a grown man, yep. will look at like my little cousin or whoever who's, <laughs> 16, 17. And it's just like, they don't know nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look, it's, did, <laughs> how did someone break me to that point at that young at age? At that young age, <laughs> do this to me. <laughs> what in the world is going on? Yeah. That does not compute in my logical, analytical brain. But what I have found is that I am trying to ascribe something that is actually spiritual Mm -hmm. to something physical or actually physical to something spiritual right so i'm thinking i'm like how this doesn't make sense doesn't make but the reality is that the enemy unpack it is real yeah and that was more of a spiritual circumstance than a what we're in high school and like why does this matter type of circumstance because what the enemy realizes is that if he can plant that seed of rejection that's what I was about to at say at 17 then you may try to reason it away but if it is still there and it is unaddressed then you will be 27 still dealing married, with it. yep two kids yep and you like why <laughs> is this 
living in my head rent free. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's what I would So it's interesting. Yeah. So you got rejection and insecurity coming together and saying I do. <laughs> wow. Rejection and insecurity coming together <laughs> saying I do and unpacking that. And you said it came, it reared its ugly head up. You said around 27? You, did you just mention that, Amanda? I, I mentioned. I said 27. Yeah. Ah. Yes. I'm doing some math in my head. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. yeah about so right. how did it show up at 27? So what happened was, it was so funny. I, I, the ex that I had from like 2017, I just went on her Facebook or something like that. Didn't reach out to her, didn't communicate with her. All I wanted to see was, did she do better than me? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was like, I won. Like, like it was like uh, it, it. We I, so petty, ain't we? That's for real. We 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 feel that. It's like, yeah. come on, people can testify. And I think how did I like found that it was in your search or something? Yeah. And I was like, why? Why are you searching her? Yeah. What's the deal? She woke. No, she woke me up out of my sleep. I was mad. It, was, it had to have been midnight, one o'clock in the morning, or so, it, it was like it was late. And um, and from her perspective, she don't know why I searched. You're right. But from my perspective, I'm like, I just wanted to. I, it was a competition. Like exactly. I just, I, I just wanted to. I guess prove to myself that, that you I did have better. won yeah. and that I did better. But I mean, at this time, we like been married for like seven years. We got like six years. Six years. We yeah. got like two whole kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> A whole family. Whole family. And I didn't realize that it was rejection until like that moment. Yeah. And I think that um, Amanda started off that conversation mad, like, Angry, you know. Okay, let's ask Amanda. What? Why were you so mad? What? What did you think in that moment? Hmm. I thought this is somebody who you don't talk about. You don't bring up. This is somebody. This is something that's like. It's been such a long time. Mm. There's no reason to revisit that, and so I would say Michael and I have a very transparent relationship. We're open about our feelings. We talk to each other about things that are going on in our mind. And she had never came up. And so I felt as if he was keeping something from me. Mm -hmm. And I felt as if there was a part of his heart he was not sharing with me. And I felt a little bit betrayed. Like, like a, not a big betrayal, but just like a micro betrayal of like, why? Well, can, why did not know about this? Yeah, yeah. You talk to me about everything else. Right. Why is this? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. It. That's, that's, that's. And then how did y'all. Because I want to know about some healthy things that y'all did in order to get through that little conversation. Because mm -hmm. it can be, it's a very little conversation, but we can make it so big if we don't yeah. handle it right. Yeah. Because that's a real thing. Again, your insecurity is coming out again. Mm -hmm. um, something, and, and, and it happens all the time. I talk to couples all the time, be like, he over here liking women pictures, and all the women he liking, they halfway dressed on Instagram. Like, Instagram was never around in our parents' age, but it's become another issue mm -hmm. in, in, you know, in our relationships and marriage. Uh, why are you following her? Why are you liking that stuff? So, Michael, I'm proud. You ain't even on none of that. You're like, I don't even need them headaches. Forget it. I don't need all that. Right. But the reality is that... Um, it becomes an issue and it can bring about insecurity. Mm -hmm. um, 
what, how did y'all unpack that conversation? Well, I would say this. I had been cheated on in the past, not by him, but by someone else. And during that time, I took the blame for it. Um, I internalized it. Right. You know, because he, the guy that I was with, he didn't say that he loved me because, I don't know, God loves you or I choose to love you as Michael did. But he said, I love you because, you know, you're so this, you're so that, you're so that. He like, you know, he he really showered me with praise. He like worshiped the ground I walked on. So I'm like, how do you do that? And then and go cheat and cheat on, on me. me. Yeah. And so I had this lie in my mind of, you know, if I'm beautiful enough, if I'm a good enough uh, girlfriend, good enough lover, then then I, that won't happen to me. Right. Um, but I didn't realize that it's his own decision. That's like his own choice. It doesn't have to do with me, but it took me years, multiple years before I started believing that. Yeah. Um, and so by the time that this happened with Michael, um, I had already done that inner work and I had already already delineated the difference between something that Michael's doing and my own worth and my own value. Like those are Good. two independent things. Right. Um, but it took me a long time to realize that. And so by that time I had already known that. So yes, I was mad, but I wasn't mad because I was, uh, I felt inadequate. I was mad because I felt like he wasn't being vulnerable and he wasn't sharing with me. Right. And I felt like there wasn't that trust. And so I was mad at first. Um, but then I just started asking questions. And I think that those questions led to an open conversation. And I. That's so good. <laughs> Hold on. This is, this, yes. is, this is what I try to tell people. This is, this is, you got to create safe spaces to have conversations. I was, yeah. I was on this um, live. Who live was I on? Kojo, the guy Kojo, a little black book. He's in UK. And we did a live uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I made the comment. I said, women, if you find that you're, you're, significant other whether it's your boyfriend fiance husband if he's doing anything that's um um i call it relationship treason when you're stepping outside of the relationship on anything even just trust just conversation whatever um create a safe space and ask questions so you can understand mm -hmm. they're like so you so now you're telling me that the 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 victim gotta be the one that i said just listen you gotta yeah, listen. just listen don't act like that just yeah. listen i said because you can find out everything you need to know so you can have an informed so you can make yes. an informed decision if you need to leave mm -hmm. if because at the end of the day if you if you just go by assumption and be like oh you just cheat on me and this 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 and even if he did step outside of the relationship if you really want closure, you can get the closure earlier than uh, sooner than totally. later by just creating a safe space to have that conversation. Hey, listen, you know, you yeah. ain't never had to lie. You know, you ain't, you never had to lie to me. Um, are you seeing somebody else? When I ain't blah, 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 blah. Listen, you know, I know you well enough. I believe that you, you're seeing somebody else. You sleep with somebody else, blah, 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 blah. Just talk to me. Just, let's, let's have this conversation. Mm -hmm. And you create such a safe space. He'll be able to tell what it is, uh, either confess what's going on and you can get past it or be able to say, Hey, listen, this is my unnegotiable i said if this ever happens to me i cannot stay in a relationship like that and you can move on or you say thank you for letting me know about it up front now let's see how we can fireproof our relationship fireproof mm -hmm. our marriage yeah. and let me know what actions you're going to take in order to not allow this to happen again yeah. mm -hmm. but you can get that now but but if you start saying now nah, i ain't finna and you start lashing out and acting all crazy then you'll never get to this healthy thing that you're about to say right now yeah. and i'll and i'll say this i had to learn that 
I, that's not something that I knew because I had been trained from my previous relationships to just be crazy, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just like <gasps> who can be crazier, you know, yeah, like that right <laughs> at this point. Um, and then Michael, whenever I got with him, when, whenever we first started dating, he was like, hold up. We we're not going to do that. We we're not going to do that. He was like, if, if you're going to talk to me that way, then we're not going to have a conversation. Yeah. And if you want to have a conversation, you're going to talk to me a different way. 100%. And once he said that standard, it just changed. And I was like, oh, I guess, I guess it can't be healthy. I guess we don't have to do that. You know, you know, like, we can't talk. And, that, and that, that says something about exposure because yeah. a lot of times we're so toxic because everybody around us is toxic and we don't realize don't it actually can be healthy. You can yeah. have a healthy conversation. So, um, I would say whenever we first got married, I was very sensitive. I was still holding on to these lies that your actions determine my worth. Your, you know, whatever you do determines me. Um, and if I ever had a conversation of that nature before, I would get really afraid and scared and blow up and then he would retreat. Mm -hmm. And if he retreats, then he doesn't share with me as much. At all. And then he doesn't try. And he's like, well, you know, last time we talked about X, Y, Z, you know, I didn't feel safe. Um, and so I learned, I was like, I want my husband to talk to me. I want him to talk to me and I don't want that to happen again. And so I just had to learn if I want my husband to be real with me, if I want my husband to tell me the truth, I have to be gentle. Mm -hmm. I have to start soft and I need to ask questions and not make accusations. Um, yes. And just, you know. So that's how it started. We, we started having a conversation. I started asking questions. And he, he started opening up about, um, I guess, really more the root of it, which we realized was rejection. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that, for me, it was hard to identify. Not only because, you know, it's not like you read the Bible and it's like... <laughs> This is Peter was struggling with the spirit of rejection, you know? <laughs> yeah. So um, there's that piece. And then also, too, I am not very emotional. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I couldn't have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And it seems because you're so analytical. Yes, like yeah. I mean, I there are many because you can you can think your emotions away because you're so exact, analytical. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, amen. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's it and rejection is spiritual, but it is more emotional than analytical, as yeah. we were talking before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even fully know until she started asking questions why I was thinking <laughs> or doing things away. Because, like I said, I'm not like to this day. We've been together for ten years, and she's never, never seen, seen me cry. Never seen me cry, and that's not something that I'm like, yeah, you know. Like, I don't think that like that makes me any more of a tougher. It's just like. I don't know if my tear ducts are dry or like whatever. I actually have told her before. I was like, I wish I was more emotional because I think that it is healthy. We have two little children, a son who's six, a daughter who's four. I I think that it's healthy for children to see like a dad with emotion and stuff like that. I don't know. God is still working on me on that. You know, it's interesting because, uh, and that's the reason why you're so successful in, in finance and stuff like that, because your brain thinks like that. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, um, I remember watching Shark Tank and Kevin Leary is like, he he's very laser focused on stuff. He said, I don't yeah. get emotional about nothing. He yeah. said, money is money and it's and we it, it has no emotions. I'm this is what it's gonna be. <laughs> so I'll be like, God, he be talking to people crazy. He'd be like, mm-hmm. listen, this no. He'll take your whole dream and say, take it behind the barn and shoot <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you realize I done put a, got a second mortgage on my house. I done got a loan from a grandma and you done told me to take everything that they <laughs> that they're betting on me with and take it behind the barn and shoot it. He you like and that's so you'll find people like you who are so linear focused because you're so analytical that you can problem solve real quick but the emotional part of your brain is a little stagnant or whatever where you can't really feel and but you can think through and problem solve real quick yeah. you know and it's and it's interesting because when a, a person like that becomes a lover <clears throat> it's more of those hey we're gonna talk about this and just get over it you know, it's, yeah. just, it's more, we, we, we did this. What else we need to talk about? You said you're cool. I said, I'm cool. We discussed it. I won't hear it no more. All right, let's go get some Baskin Robbins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. frighteningly familiar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, the cool thing was, it was nice for me when we had that conversation because I don't get to see him in a vulnerable state a lot. And I help a lot of women, like I've mentored a lot of women and helped walk them through. And I would say one of my gifts is to be able to just talk with people, figure out what it is exactly that they're dealing with, whether it's emotional, spiritual, or like a combination of the two and what needs to be done. And I'm just able to just like, that's just something that it's a gift that I have. And that was one of the first times I'd ever been able to do that with Michael. That's beautiful. And it was a gift, you know, like I was able to use my gift of, you know, being able to be emotionally aware um, to help him come to that conclusion and um, to help us kind of like find a way. So 
Um, and the thing is, I, I actually really like that he's not super emotional. <laughs> Why? Because he does not get in his feelings about arguments. <laughs> it's <laughs> great. Like, we can it. we can just talk about it. There's no yelling. There's <laughs> no like you know steaming pots you no. know like it's just no. let's talk it out yes you're frustrated okay <laughs> tell me why it's, it's it's never i'm sad i'm hurt I, i'm disappointed it's just i'm frustrated i'm bothered i'm annoyed <laughs> i'm annoyed like those are his those are his negative emotions that's the extent of it <laughs> that's the extent of it I'm so annoyed. i'm just like i didn't like this i don't like that yeah <laughs> and then move on and i I'm, like it because i mean you know i i can be a little bit more on the emotional side yeah and i think that too it helps because i don't care about being right i just care that we get it right mm. Mm. say so, that one more time they need to hear that i, I don't care about being right yeah I just care about getting it right. Yeah. Because so, y'all a team. You're looking yeah. at it as a team. You 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, like, if there are times to where I'll be saying certain things or maybe I'm like, man, I was annoyed by this or bothered by this. And then she'll be like, well, babe, she'll validate my feelings, which I'll appreciate. You know, like, I understand what you're saying. Here's what I hear you saying. You know, the, we call it the feedback method to where yeah. like, tell me what you heard me say just Good. to make sure. Mm -hmm. So she'll feed it back to me and then she'll like, now, the reason I did this is because this and this and this, which made me think this, this, this. Now, yeah. in the future, I'll know that you may perceive this as that, so I'll be more aware of that. And I apologize because it wasn't my intention. Boy, I love healthy communication, boy. I oh, love it. This, that just... There's a better way, folks. It's when, I tell way. You, when I tell you that's foreplay to me, boy, when I tell you that's... This <laughs> has some great communication. Makeup sex is awesome. I'm it trying is. to tell you. It you yes. Man, y'all y'all, keep wonderful. talking. Y'all keep talking and talk. So, like, for me... And so, in that moment, I understand... The intention that she has with anything is never to hurt me. Yes. It's normally just <clears throat> a misunderstanding, a gap in communication that once addressed, it don't happen again. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, I can honestly say, I mean, we've been married now eight years, been together almost 10. Like, we've been happily married. <laughs> like, like, yeah, been happy I, married. like, if my kids had a marriage, like our marriage, I'd be like, Great. I love that for you. Good, exactly. You know what I mean? And that's not to, to brag. It's just that we did a lot of, I guess, communication. Uh, it's our personality. I don't and, know. Well, I, I also know. want to show people that it's possible. Yeah. You know, because for me, getting in a relationship with Michael was the healthiest relationship I had ever been in. And I didn't know this level of goodness was possible. And I had... we consistently get into cycles of, of self-sabotage cycles of just like negativity if too much good was happening in my life i'm like looking over my shoulder what's about to happen mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be that way yes it does not have to be that way you can receive good things you can receive love you can re you can have a healthy relationship that doesn't have these toxics up and down cycles yes you know you can have a relationship of love and trust that is at times boring did you know that being bored in your relationship is a sign of health. Did you know that? 
Because sometimes people get bored in their relationship and they get so bored that they step out in their relationship because they're trying to spice it up. They didn't realize you're self-sabotaging because you didn't realize it could be good and safety is boring to you. And so, and so it's just good to get in these habits of receiving goodness, you know? Um, I love it. And, and, and that's God's will for us. His will for us is this abundant life, right? And so many times we get in these cycles of toxicity because of the people that we're around. And so when it comes to like us sharing, yeah, we have a great marriage. I wish that upon everyone. Yeah. I want to show you it is possible, right? Yes. Because I want that for you too. You what know? I love is a, the, and that's the reason why I call this episode Confidence in Love. Mm-hmm. Because when you're loved properly, you can find confidence in it. Mm-hmm. And even while you're trying to, and it's crazy because sometimes people try to be apologetic for their good marriage. Well, I don't want to yeah. brag. I don't want to No, I'm bragging about this. Yeah. I, we, we got it right. We are right. getting it right. That is yeah. something to be uh, happy about something to celebrate. And, and it's crazy because society be like, Oh, well, see, you gotta, you gotta be careful. Cause if you start feeling too proud about your marriage then something bad going to happen, that's that toxic mentality. It yeah. It's like, how do we say that just because we're happy that God is doing something great, that we're going to allow the devil to have a foothold and mess it all up. It's right. like, totally. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make sense. And I feel like what happens is people, downplay marriage yes they downplay success actually this was something i I just thought about it literally in the beginning of our marriage you will remember this there would be times where we were around people who didn't have like good marriages and i'd be like yeah you know blah 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 blah. and we'd go to the car and the man would be like Babe, why'd you? What are you talking why, why'd about? You agree, you talking why'd about? you agree with them? Act right. like we got a bad marriage. She, she was like, "Why are you trying acting, to simulate? Why are you acting like we have a bad marriage <laughs> when we don't?" And I'm like, "I don't know what to do in these situations, Charlie. <laughs> you know, and it's terrible." And, and yeah. so, even something like what you just mentioned was something that I had to learn. Yeah. Like, if someone's like, "Man, Michael, you are successful in business." God's been good. Yeah, Man, Michael, yeah. your marriage looks really awesome. God's been good. Right. You know, like, I'm not going to play down success anymore. Yes. I'm just going to say, good. hey, if you want, I'm not I, I'm, I'm not going to play it down, but I'm also not going to gatekeep. Yeah. So yeah. if there's anything that you want to learn or know, I am down we'll and open. open to help you. Yes. First time we had a conversation, yep. I was like, hey, you need a book deal. <laughs> exactly yeah, what you, you said. I was like, you need a book deal. You know, you, you got an agent? No, I ain't got one. I got somebody who you need. To I'll set you up. Like I that was the first thing you said. That was the first thing I said. And like even when Amanda earlier was talking, she was like, "My friends and other people's success doesn't yeah. intimidate me." And so what happens is because many people get intimidated by comparison. Yes. Then they gatekeep. They gatekeep. Or they downplay. Yeah. And it's just like I feel like <laughs> abundance is yes. like. Oxygen. Yeah. None of us in this room are holding our breath, no. right. trying to conserve oxygen for the other person. Or think that oh, I'm taking up too much oxygen. I'm too much. I'm going to inhale faster so I, I get like, more of this oxygen. Nah, yeah. it's just like there is enough oxygen. to go around. More yeah. than enough. So. More than. But enough. that's the reason why God can also find y'all as. Uh, uh, fertile soil to continue to to bless mm-hmm. because if y'all are always trying to hold it and now nah, I want y'all to get this or whatever, then mm-hmm. God be like, "Why your hands closed? I can't put nothing in your hands either." Absolutely, you know. And so you got to start releasing stuff, and God keeps putting stuff in our hands. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I respected that a lot because what you didn't know is that um, 
That's interesting. What you didn't know is that this year I said that I want to get a book deal. I want yeah. to go get a. Uh, I want to get with a literary agent to to get a film deal. I want to get a reality show deal. All this stuff that yeah. I was doing. And when you said that, I just said, "God, you funny." I just, said, I just said, this is, I don't even know this dude. And that's the right. first thing he says. Like, he don't even know if I know how to spell. He over here talking about, I need, to get, I need to get a book deal. You know how to get people. That's how you spell book deal. Get people. They be like, hey, we'll you get a ghostwriter. You got an editor that can spell for you. <laughs> that is true. They be getting you. Uh, but that's cool. Yeah. So, how did you, this relationship, um, I'll start with you, Mike. Yeah. How did this relationship provide confidence for you? Because mm -hmm. I always say that in order for people to become their best self, that if you're married to the wrong person, it's just yeah. not going to work. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if you're married to the right person, they become wind beneath your wings. You're able to soar on a high level. So what does Amanda do for you and provide for you uh, that allows you to soar to these great heights? So her and I were having a conversation. I like words of affirmation. So like, oh. <laughs> what are you going to say? What you say? What you say? So let me give a little backstory here. I have two friends right now who I'm fairly close to that are both going through a divorce. And it's two gentlemen in both situations. It was neither of their faults. And I especially because it wasn't their fault, I'm thinking, cool. Like, you are about to be single. Like, you got your eye on anybody. Like, you like you back, bro. <laughs> like, you got, like, you, like, you know, it's time, you yeah. know? And what was so intriguing to me, me and Amanda were just having a conversation about this, was not that they were ready to, like, go out, get in these streets, you know, like, and be out there like that, what was more, what they were more excited about when it came to ending their marriage was the fact that they felt they now had the freedom to pursue their purpose. Oh, there it is. They felt like they <sighs> now had the freedom. They didn't have someone holding them back, questioning, why are you out with this person? Or what are you doing here? Or, you know, or even them self-sacrificing for the sake of family, some of the things that they, and like, purpose for them was their biggest thing yep. that they wanted. It wasn't, you know, just another, another woman. Body, yeah. You know what I mean? Getting their body count up. It, farthest thing from it. And I think that what makes Amanda so wonderful is that she allows me to be purposeful. She allows for me to run. She allows for me to do whatever it is I need to do. Um and she is a full support. And we and we offer that to one another. Um, for sure, because there are certain seasons. Like, mm -hmm. there was a, a speaking engagement that I had an opportunity to do in, in a couple of weeks. And she said, well, this is a busy time. I would appreciate it if I could just have your support on the home front until we get out of this busy season. And I said, okay, cool. Like, Simple as that. Yeah, for sure. Like, And so, but that's also because I know that there have been other times this year, to where I'm in Atlanta on Monday, uh, I'm in Oklahoma on Wednesday, I'm in uh, Illinois on Friday, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and she had to hold the whole front. And she would hold it down with the kids, and I come home, and she's like, thank you, baby, for providing for our family. Thank you, baby, for, you know, like, your sacrifice. Mm. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. Do you need anything? Have you eaten? Like, holding it down. So I think that there's just... We've just had a very, 
high degree of support. And I believe this this may anger some of the saints. This may <laughs> anger some of the theologians. This is my personal this is my personal conviction. All right, teach, 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 Pastor. I, I, this is my personal conviction. So my personal <laughs> conviction is in the Bible. I believe it's Paul says like the greatest of the spiritual gifts is like love. Yeah. I'm not going to just say Paul was wrong because I think that love is very important. But what I have found from the time we were dating up until now that I believe the greatest spiritual gift is kindness. Statistics show that when a divorce is imminent, when a marriage is on the rocks, the first thing to go is kindness. kindness and politeness. I know many people who love people, but they're not kind. Mm -hmm. And their lives don't look like how I want my life to There it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that one thing that Amanda and I are both about is that we are kind to one another. Do we love each other? Yes. Yeah. Do I find her to be the most beautiful woman in the world? Fine. <laughs> yes. But bigger than all of that, we're just nice to each other. We're yeah, just yeah. nice people. And supportive. And supportive of yeah. one another. And I think that her support um, is what gives me the confidence to run. Um, and it gives me the confidence to, not that it should be reciprocal, but then there are times where she feels like she's called to do something. And I'm like, you know what, Like, if this is what you feel like God's called you to do, I'm behind you. Let's rock it. So. Mm -hmm. Whew, that was good, boy. <laughs> Amanda, you. How has he provided confidence uh, in your marriage to allow you to become this great woman that he told me about before I ever met you? Oh, oh, that's good. That's a good assessment. I'll put you in there. I'll put you in there. You owe me one. I'll put you in there. Put you in the game. I got you. I got you. That's a good one. You know, I tell people all the time that I'm a confident woman because he's a confident man, and him being himself freed me up to be me there it is like him not downplaying himself yeah helped me to not downplay, downplay my myself yeah. you know him not shining him shining his light helped me to feel comfortable to shine my light um and so that's a huge piece you just being you you just being you um and i would also say um he really showed me what true love was. Mm. And I know that sounds cliche. No, but it's not when you've been through he, some trauma. Right. <laughs> For real, uh, though. You'd be needing, you'd be like, this is what love looked like the other mess, boy. That was right. trying to destroy me. <laughs> right. So I used to think, Shoot. based on these lies, that, you know, love is based on your performance, or, mm -hmm. you know, so love is, you know, you're going to love me based on how beautiful you think I am, how interesting I am, how good I am at different things, you know, how well I mesh with this and that. And if I can impress you, Mm -hmm. Then I'll be worthy of love. Yeah. Um, side note, my name Amanda means worthy of love. Really? Cool. Yeah. But Dang. I had to learn that. I, I just feel like that was God's prophetic gift to me to say that, you know, I love you despite or, wow. you know, we'll get to that. But um, being with Michael, I would ask him, so, so why do you love me? You know, whenever mm -hmm. we're dating. And he told me, I love you because I choose to. Mm. 
Woo, boy, that right there. Hold on, y'all got to understand what that was. Man, when I, go ahead, go ahead. Y'all talk, because I, I understand what the man says that. Go ahead. And I thought, what do you mean? Yeah, you you love me it. because you choose. Is it that hard to love me? Got offended. Am I that hard to love? Got offended. Got offended. You but, don't understand. That made me almost shout, and you about to get mad. The thing is, whenever Michael said this, I mean, he wrote a blog about it. All of the older people were just shouting his praise. He's yes. like, you get it, you get it. You get it. I was like, what? And, <laughs> but it was all the older folks that were still married. There it is. Mm -hmm. They yeah. got it. Yeah. And so. Um, and I'm 20 at the time. Yeah, you're young. Twenty young. It was before. I don't know. Before y'all even got married. Yeah, before we got married. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but, so I didn't necessarily liked it, yeah. like it then, but I did like it when I wasn't so lovable. Mm. God, dog, this is good. <laughs> I did like it <sighs> when I get pregnant and I gain 50 pounds. Mm -hmm. I did like it when I chopped off all my hair. The, the pixie cut looked great, but when I started growing it back out, it didn't. That in between. That in between. That and in you between just, stage. there's right no way between. around. You just got to rough it out. And he loved me, right? He chose um, to love me. And you. he chose to love me. Teach. Um, and I really appreciated it when, you know what? There are times where I was a little too harsh or I was popping off a little bit and you didn't revoke your love for me because I didn't meet your standard, Teach. right? Mm -hmm. You still loved me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I get it. I, I like this kind of love because yes. this kind of love is not revocable. This kind of love is constant. <sighs> it's not dependent Ooh. on how great I am, but it's de dependent on your decision and your commitment to me. Mm. And I realized, wow, that is just a small microcosm of God's great love for Teach, us. Teach, Amanda. It is not dependent on how great we are, but how good God is. Scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Come Christ on. died for us. Yeah. Before we could do anything for, for him, yeah. he loved us. It says, he chose us in advance and mm -hmm. predestined us with good works that we will do. Mm -hmm. He chose us for his good pleasure. Yeah. We had nothing that we could offer him. Teach. There is nothing we can give God that will make him any more God or any. <laughs> there's nothing that we could do that's going to make him any less God in the same way. There's nothing that we can do that, that can make God love us more. And the good news is there's nothing that we can do that, that will make him love us less. Teach. Yeah. Go ahead. And something Teach. that I think when we understand God's love is important. This was a scripture that changed my life. It's in the book of Romans. And I don't want to pull out my phone to give like the exact line and verse, but I grew up in like holiness, Pentecostal church, turn or burn, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, get this right or go to hell, go to hell. gasoline draws, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was just like, fire and brimstone, you know? And I read a scripture one time by a guy who I was getting discipled by, and it did not say that the love of God leads me to repentance. It's, or the grace of God leads me to repentance. It says, do you not understand that it is the kindness of God? that leads men to repentance. And I think that when we understand the kindness of God, we can appreciate the love for God as well. Wait, wait, talk about that. How does understanding the kindness of God help us to appreciate the love of God? Because in the situation that you just mentioned, yeah. the reason why you got upset at first was because you felt, I am worthy of love, so right. why are you making this choice to love me when 
I deserve love. Here I am walking around campus in heels. You know, like <laughs> with my makeup like this and the wing at Tim Island. You know what I mean? Like just the all the things, right? Yeah. But in the times you or I that because I mean there have been times where I've said things that I shouldn't have said and done things of that course. I shouldn't have done. It was the times in those moments where what should have been met with wrath. Talk about it. Was met with kindness. kindness. And that kindness showed me love. Yeah. She could have said she loved me and responded with wrath, anger. But when she responds in kindness, it's no longer, oh, I don't want to, if we're talking about our relationship with God, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm not going to do it. It's like, man, you know what? you just been so kind to me. Yeah. Yes. Let me let me go ahead and just get it together. Yeah, I don't because I, I, to preserve the relationship. Well, that's so good. Oh, that's so good, boy. That's so good. Listen, Amanda, you got this book, Stand in Confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, this book comes out September the sixth. What do you want people to take away from this amazing book that you've written? Mm-hmm. I want women to establish their confidence in Christ so that they can do and be everything that He's called them to do and be. Stand in confidence. Why, why, why'd you name it that? Why'd you name it stand in confidence? I named it stand in confidence because the original name of the book was stand, don't strive. Because I had this mentality of, of striving for love, striving for acceptance, striving for validation, stri- striving for this and that. When I made the shift and I understood that our relationship with God is not us going to earn a place of identity, but we do everything from a place of identity. We don't do anything to try and earn God's love, but we, we, we obey God from a place of his love. When I understood that it's, it's not something that you strive for. It's something that you stand in. Mm. And that is what gives you confidence. Mm. And so stand in confidence is just this, this holistic approach to establish your confidence in Christ so that you no longer feel like you have to earn something that you already have. Who is this book for? If you said there's a target audience for this book, who is that woman? This is for the woman who is constantly downplaying herself. She is people pleasing. Uh, she's constantly feeling like she's going to the next thing and she has to hit the next thing in order for her to be significant. Um, this is for the woman who probably is a high achiever. Yeah. Probably is very beautiful, probably is very successful, and yet it still never feels enough. Mm. Maybe you feel like there are holes at the bottom of your bucket, like I felt, that no matter how much love and validation someone else pours in, it seeps out at the bottom and it's never enough. Um, And it's for that woman who is likely a believer or you know of God, but you have not made that transfer. It's like, man, I've been in church. I know that God loves me. You know, I know I need to find my confidence in Christ. But there's not a transfer. There's mm-hmm. not a transfer of what you believe to the way that you live. And Talk you're ready to make that change. So a woman buys this book. What would be the greatest compliment that she could give to you to walk up to you at a book signing or walk up to you at an event? Mm-hmm. And if she says this to you, what could she say to validate 
the because when you write, oh, it's a lot of it's a lot of tears, it's a lot of mm -hmm. research, it's a lot of uh, going mm -hmm. back in your mind and reliving past pain and past trauma. Mm -hmm. uh, it's times where you spending time with God, saying, God, I've gotten writer's block. You got to write through me at this mm -hmm. point, and the Holy Spirit begins to take over, and you read some pages, and be like, when did I write that? I don't. Know. I feel like this is plagiarism, some kind of way, because the Holy Spirit had to write this in this moment. <laughs> uh, what could that person say mm -hmm. to you to validate that whole experience and let you know that it was all worth it? Mm. That's a great question. That's a really good question. That's a question. really great question. That's I like that. I like that's that. A, I'm, I'm a sit. I was, I was probably sitting there marinating that. That's, that's a good question. <laughs> hmm. I would want her to come up to me and say, because I read this book, I see God more accurately and I see myself more accurately. And that's made me confident. Oh, that was, that was fire. Well, that means y'all need to go pre-order this book right now. See, let me tell you something. Pre-orders are so important. So make sure that y'all go pre-order this book. Where can they get this book? You can get it at your favorite retailer. So you can get it at Amazon as well as Mardell, Barnes and Noble and Christian Book. So, and so stand in confidence. So it's pre-orders everywhere. Has pre-orders yep. been, been, been accepted now? Now, Good. and if you pre-order, you also get the pre-order bonuses, which is like the digital bundle. You get like a, a an advanced chapter reading as well as the complete audio book. And um, you also get videos from my conference for free. Yeah, that's actually a really big deal. A huge deal. <laughs> because that, th that conference. It was fuego. It was different. <laughs> it was anointed. It was dripping in the Holy it Spirit. Different. It was amazing. Was, yeah. And we, we spent... A pretty penny. We spent a lot of money. We spent a was lot. Was that the of one money. that was there in Dallas? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We. Yeah. I mean, for for a to have the production. Yeah, you was telling me about everything, that. like the way that it was supposed to. This don't look like we pulled out our iPhones and we record <laughs> like on Zoom, on Zoom, <laughs> multiple cam like it. It. it, it yeah, yeah, the please. fact that you get that for free when other people pay, some people pay over $500 and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's, a, it's a great bonus. The Bible says the riches of the ungodly are later for the just. And we don't even really understand how that transfer will actually take place. Well, that transfer takes place when Christians rise to the occasion and actually support our own. And mm -hmm. so I'm commissioning everybody that's under the sound of my voice uh, to go out and pre-order this book. Let's blow Amanda's mind and let's drive uh, old uh, Mike over here crazy when he's crunching numbers and saying, "How in the world are you doing all this? How in the world are you doing this?" You know, let's 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 blow their minds. Great seed uh, and uh, great seed to sow into. And so, listen, man, I thank y'all so much for being transparent. Y'all have blessed me tremendously. Uh, how can people connect with you? So you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, on YouTube. Just type in Amanda Pittman, you'll find me. Um, and then you can also follow our ministry at Confident Woman Co. Um, so that's confidentwomanco.com. Um, you can join our community on Vibely. There are other like-minded Christian women who want to support one another, who are not competitive. Um, so if you want to, if you're like, man, I need some of those connections. I need some of those healthy relationships to pull me up and call me into who I'm supposed to be. I would encourage you to join our community. Um, so you can also follow our Instagram at Confident Woman Go. Confident Woman Co. Co. <laughs> and, and Michael says, y'all ain't finna follow him nowhere. So I don't have a social media 
Um, he used to. I used to, but I'm like running a business in real life. And I don't have time. <laughs> He's a young time outlet. If you happen to work at a college or a university, yes, yes, or there you, go. you work with high school students, specifically first generation, low income, predominantly minority yes. students, and you are looking for a bomb financial literacy program. Holler at your boy. Holler at me. Mike at simplemoneyacademy.com. Mike at simplemoneyacademy.com. I'll bless you. There it is. So I like that. I like that. See, I love when I see purpose partners linked together and they just make some stuff happen. Yeah. I love it all. Hey, y'all give it up for the Pittmans, y'all. Thank you. So and thank you. Yeah. Thank you for like the work that you do. Yes. And I don't know if this is gonna end up on the channel or whatever, but like the work that you do, the transparency that you have the questions that you ask. Top-tier Top questions. Tier. I, Top we tier. have been, Amanda has been interviewed by a lot of people. We've done so many interviews. I've, I listen to podcasts all the time, and I'm just like, the quality of your questions <laughs> has me over here like, man, this is so good. I didn't even know I was going to be talking about my ex-girlfriend today. You know? <laughs> but here we are. So... <laughs> And I don't, Chef's kiss. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Well done. You're you you're a true pro at what you do. Thank you. To God be the glory. Now the reason I'll share, uh, I'll be vulnerable in this. I said I was a type of person in relationships or period, just in people I'm dealing with, friends, is I wasn't a good listener. I always listened to respond. Mm. So I'd be listening. I'd be like, I'm finna just double. I'm finna cut you off. And I'm finna say what I need to say. Mm. Uh, and so on this podcast, I had a little prayer, a little, a little private little prayer with God. I said, God, I want you to make me a better listener. Mm. I keep hearing that in my relationship. They're like, you don't be listening. I'm like, I do be listening. <laughs> no, you be hearing, but you ain't listening. Mm. So I said, I want to work on that, God. I want to work that. I want to work on that in private with, with just me and you. And so people started leaving comments under the channel talking about, you're such a great listener. This is amazing how yeah. great of a listener you are. I don't have notes. I didn't tell y'all, hey, we're going to talk about all of this. I just be like, this is the title. Right. We're just going to talk about some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way that I can have that conversation take the different pass that it takes is just listening Absolutely. and I'll listen to you and go oh you said that I want to know more about that and I want to know more about that because I'm preparing myself for my future wifey so that she feels heard she feels mm -hmm. listened to she goes she sits there and be like my That's husband good. I have his undivided yes. attention he That's he good. is dialed into me and and in those moments where I want to multitask because I have a problem with that too I'll be like what you yeah keep talking I'm listening I'm listening to what you're saying I'm, no for real I am listening you just say such 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 and be like can I get your full attention you know yeah. and it's like so you want me to actually sit here and look at you while you talk and to kill that spirit that just came over me right yeah. then saying i could do both of this at the same time mm -hmm. but i want to make sure that i'm catering to the needs of my wife so that mm -hmm. she can feel heard the way she wants way she wants to feel heard yeah. that she can feel listened to the way she wants to feel listened to yeah. and so that's what i'm trying every this podcast is literally my personal journey yeah. as i discover uncover and recover love and in order to do that i am on the chopping block every week trying to work out any of my idiosyncrasies to take those faults and make them great so that's what that is so thank you so much Kudos for your kind you, words you're, doing you for you're kind giving words. her a gift oh, shoot, there it is i write letters all the time and it's in that box so thank y'all so much for your kind words and for pouring into me i really you know it really means the world to me yes, hey sir. again y'all give it up for the pitmans y'all love y'all thanks for having us ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015 my nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 
16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTeris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today.
Didn't you just enjoy today's episode? Nice and refreshing to see healthy couples that truly get it and understand that it takes teamwork to make dreams work. Man, this is my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, we will communicate healthy, healthy communication. A war will not ensue with words unless it's against the gates of hell or heaven's gates through prayer and supplication. I once heard a conversation rules a nation. Well, I finally realized what that truly means. Speaking those things that be not as though they were when hopelessness hits the scene. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit as stated in Proverbs 15 and 4. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. That's Proverbs 13, 3, just two chapters before. We will edify each other with sweet words rather than destroy. We will seek the hope of glory. Loving you is my pride and joy. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.